0: Well, good morning, church. All right, let's try that one more time. Good morning, church. All right, now look at your neighbor and say good morning if you haven't already. All right, good. It is so good to see you this morning. I am honored to be here. Whether you're in this room, whether you're in the family room, whether you're watching online, I just want to say thank you for being here. I am honored to be here this morning. I I count it a privilege, I tell you, to to have Kyle trust me in his pulpit, I count that a big, huge blessing. So I just want to say thank you for Kyle allowing me to preach this morning. I I want to say uh, just how it's it's going to be hard to match and Live up to CJ's message last week. He did an awesome job. If you have a teenager that is here at LifePoint, you need to make sure that they are a part of the student ministry here. I tell you, God's doing some big things through CJ and the ministry here. So you need to make sure that you're plugging in and pouring into what God is doing. So if you have students, uh, make make sure that they're here. And I'm kind of partial, like CJ said, because I am the youth pastor, uh, uh, the lead youth pastor at LifePoint. But I'm the I centralize at the Smyrna campus and I have the privilege of doing that. And so just a little bit about me. I know it's been a while since I've preached here and there's a lot of new faces. It is so cool to see all the new faces in this room. And so I just want to just give you a little bit about me. My name is Ryan Garrett and I'm from Georgia. I'm a Georgia boy. Go dogs, amen. Yes. Hey, all right, we got one. Amen. All right, so so <laughs> yes, that's always a that's always a plus. And you you have one person alongside me and everybody else is like, oh no. All right. So but just a little bit about me, I'm a very passionate person, I really am, but I have three main passions in my life. Number one, I'm super passionate about Jesus. Jesus has changed my life. I was lost, and now I'm found. I'm blind, and now I can see. And now, I tell you, I love Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I'm thankful that he's called me to himself. Uh, number two, I'm passionate about my family. I love my family. They'll be here at the second service. I, I've enjoyed this time of, of being home. My wife, she sings in a band called Casting Crowns, Pray. For them, they're a new upstart band. They'll, they'll make it one day. But but man, they, she's been home for a while. She leaves this afternoon to go back out on tour with them. And so I'll have the kids. And and I love my my family. I love my wife. I love my kids. We have three kids. Uh, I was talking to my oldest. She's fourteen. She we were talking last night. She's going to be in high school this year, y'all. Like ninth grade. I can't, it was hard enough for being having a middle schooler, but a high schooler, oh my goodness, that's nuts. But then we have uh, Lucy and Eli, nine and seven. They'll be here a little later. I hope you get to run into them. They are awesome. And uh, so, number one, Jesus. Number two, my family. And number three is ministry. I love what God has called me to do. I've counted a privilege and an honor to be able to serve in student ministry. I, I, I don't, I'm not using student ministry as a stepping stone. I believe for the, such a time as this that God has called me to pour into the next generation. So this verse, these verses that we're gonna go through today are super important to me because I believe in them, not just because of my family and, and because the God has the call that God has put on my life as a as a husband and as a father, but as a pastor to be able to pour into teenagers. So I'm telling you, I love the scripture that we're going through this this morning. So if you haven't turned there, go ahead and turn. Psalm 78 will be there uh, today. So uh, over the past few weeks, we've heard uh, uh, several psalms, Psalm 1, Psalm 23, Psalm 46, psalms that, that maybe you've been familiar with, I'm familiar with, some of those I've memorized and, and, uh, and psalms that I love. And it's so good to be reminded of those psalms, those songs that were written as a remembrance so that we might, the listeners might hear them, the Israelites might hear them, the people of God might hear them and remember what God did through those Psalms. and I'll tell you, it's almost like when you're driving down the road and you're listening to a radio station, you know, and you hear a song and you forgot about that song. Anybody else, you're riding down the road and you hear, man, I forgot about that song. And you're instantly transported back from for, to that time where you, you know, you had those, those headphones with the, the foam on them and you put it, it, had that wire that would rip your hair out when you took them out. You know what I'm saying? And you had that tape uh, that you cranked your Walkman to 11 adults. You know what I'm talking about. It had the mega boost button. You know, that was awesome awesome. And so, man, you hit that mega boost and you'd sing to the top of your lungs because, man, you just knew that song. And so you're listening to this song, driving down the road, and it instantly takes you back to that moment where you were in that car, you were at that dance, you were in that room, in that house, and you remember all the circumstances that were going on in that song. And that's the same thing with these psalms. When you hear Psalm 1, Psalm 23, Psalm 46, and today Psalm 78, you might be reminded of the first times that you heard these psalms. For me, Psalm 1 was one of those psalms that I remember when I was a student, my youth pastor would pour that psalm over our student ministry. I love Psalm 1. You might remember Psalm 23. You might have heard that at a funeral, and it takes you back to maybe a hard moment, hard moment. But the whole purpose of these things, where, where we repeat, you see psalms repeating things that happened in the past, and you hear preachers and teachers that will stand on stage and you might hear them use familiar verses over and over and familiar themes. It's not because they're out of content. It's not because they're out of things to preach about. It's because they really, we really want you to remember what God's word says. Same thing with the Psalms. I was doing some research on this, uh, this, uh, this sermon this week and I was thinking about why we forget. And, and, and memory experts say, that the number one reason that you forget things is because memories are rarely accessed, rarely accessed. And when they are rarely accessed, they begin to fade away. So, so even the experts say that we need to remember. Another reason is, that we fail, is a failure to, to really lock down what we want to remember. We don't lock it down. That's, why, that's the importance of taking notes on a Sunday morning. That's why Kyle and CJ, myself, any speaker that speaks on stage, they encourage you to take notes so that you don't forget because the likelihood of you remembering everything when you walk out the door, I mean, listen, it's proven that you'll forget 80% if you don't take notes. So I want to encourage you, not because of anything I have to say, but because of what God's word has to say. Because we want to remind you, I want to remind you what God's word says, and how just like Psalm 78 was applicable to the people that Asaph was was preaching to and teaching to and singing to, it's applicable to us too this morning. So as we think about this, as we dive into Psalm 78, we need to remember that we, like the Israelites, we can forget. We we can forget. I mean, how many of you think about, what did you have for lunch yesterday? Oh, Yeah. I forgot about that. Tomato sandwich. But anybody else like tomato sandwich, that might be a Georgia thing. All right, I'm the only one. Great. All right, so, but you have to remember because we forget. We forget these things. We forget these things. So today, if you're taking notes, our bottom line today is remember and remind. Remember and remind. And we're going to see how that works itself out Through Psalm 78, so if you're taking notes again, number one, we want to remember and remind to help us remember God left us his word, to help us remember God left us his word. Let's look at Psalm 78, one through four. Let's read that. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from old things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from, our children's, from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. The psalmist said, he said to, to give here, to listen, to listen. Now you need to just to give a little backstory on this, this psalmist. His name is Asaph. And, 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 and Asaph, would, he, was a, he was a musician, the traditional, a lot of the psalms were written by David. You might know that. But it's important to know that, that the writer of the psalm, he's putting the psalm in a song. He's putting it so that it will be more easily, remember, he was a prophet. And he wanted the, the people that got to this psalm to remember what happened in the past. And we've been given a word. He said, I want you to understand what's been going on. I want you to understand what God has done, I want you to understand what what he is doing, the teachings of God, all his providences, all his precepts, and all his principles. That's that's what it means to to live a holy, God-honoring life, is to lean into God's providences, his precepts, his principles. And so Psalm 78 remembers their fathers and mothers who were brought out of Egypt. Remembering, remember those things that God literally saved their lives. In Deuteronomy 30, I mean, you you can read that, jot that down, you can read that later. Deuteronomy 30, Moses commands the people to remember. He says, don't forget about these things. Don't forget about the things that you've seen and heard. And when your son asks about those things, remember and remind them of what God has done and what God can do. And that's why, God, uh, that's why Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. He wrote those things as a reminder so that when they, they would forget, because here's the deal, the Israelites, much like us, they were forgetful. And they, they forgot so much that they wandered in the desert. A generation passed away and they settled. They settled for little G gods. They settled for their wealth. They settled for their own fame. They settled for their own own desires. And even Judges, I mean, if you look at the book of Judges, it says they did what was right in their own eyes. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar to our world? And so listen, folks, we have the responsibility. We have the responsibility to remember and remind the next generation, our children and their children, And the children of this church of the great acts and what God has done in our lives and that Jesus is alive and still ruling and working and he's in our lives today. Now, you might think to yourself, well, no, God maybe, maybe didn't deliver you from physical bondage. But listen, God might've delivered you from spiritual bondage. And if he has, you need to give him glory. Share that with someone. Maybe God didn't rain down manna because you were hungry one day, but he provided a blessing in financial giving. Someone gave to you so that you could eat. Man, you need to share that blessing. You need to share what God has done in our lives. We cannot hide it. This is a great opportunity to talk to folks about what Jesus has done in our lives. Not just people, but children, our kids, the kids of this church. And this, I love looking out in this crowd, I love the fact that I know what's going on in the family room. I love to think that there are some families that are around their living room right now, listening to God's word. And we can't wait for you to join us. If you're watching online at home, we can't wait for you to be back. I'm telling you, this is an amazing thing where we can pour into the next generation, these children, these babies, and these students. What a privilege we have as believers. God has rescued us. Somebody say, God has rescued me. All right, now let's try it with joy in our, in our lips. God has rescued me. God has rescued you. Listen, if we're not forgive, or if, if we're not careful, we'll forget. We'll forget. We'll forget about what God has rescued us from. We'll forget. We'll forget about the things that, that God has saved us from and pulled us out. I mean, think about what God has saved you from. Think about what Jesus has done in your life. Now, I don't want you, to, I don't want you to, to reminisce on these things, but I want you to remember. I mean, we need to remember, and then we need to remind. And if we're not careful... We'll tell the next generation, as a student pastor, I've heard this over and over. I've heard parents say to their kids, you can be anything you want. You can do anything you want. You can go anywhere. You can can change the world. I've heard parents pour that in and say that over and over and over. But my question to that every single time is, is what you want for those kids, your children, is that what God wants for those kids and your children? Do those match up? Because here's the deal, self-sufficiency and God-dependency are like two opposite ends of, a, of, of magnets. They're never going to touch. They're never going to touch each other. They're always gonna push away. We have to remember God's will for our lives and we have to lean in to God's will for our lives. And how do we know God's will? We stay in God's word. How do we know God's will? We stay in God's word. And that's what I wanna encourage you with today. And this, is, this book that we teach out of, this book that we read, is, it isn't a history lesson. This is a testimony session. We get to hear and see what God has done, his provisions, his providences, his precepts are in this book. I mean, we need to be reminded that we, were, we once were lost and now we are found. We were blind and now we can see. Man, I was strung out on opioids, but he delivered me. I was addicted to this, that, or the other, and God pulled me out. My marriage was crumbling, but he came in and allowed me to forgive my spouse. I was losing my job, or I lost my job, but God delivered me and gave me a new job, something that he blessed me with. Yeah, we need to tell, we need to remember and remind, and I'm just gonna ask this question, are you remembering what God has done? And not just that, are you reminding future generations about the goodness of the Lord? So let's keep going. Number one, to help us remember, God left us a word, His word. Number two, to help us remember, God left us a witness. God left us A witness, let's look at uh, verses five through seven. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them and the children yet unborn and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. God multiplied Jacob's family into the 12 tribes of Israel. I mean, his people were meant to be a witness. I mean, God brought them out of Egyptian slavery. I mean, surely they would remember going across the the sea and and the waves of water and the, and the, the Egyptians chasing them. Surely they remember getting to the other side and the water crashing down. Surely they would remember that. But oh no, it would soon quickly forget quickly complain about the providences of God. But Jacob would be a living testimony of God's law, his teachings, his deeds. I mean, Deuteronomy 6, Moses tells the Israelites they're to teach this law. They're to teach this law to their children and their children's children. When they were waking up at, at dinnertime and at bedtime, it says, remember the greatness of God. In the morning, remember the goodness of the Lord. In the evening, when they go out and when they return, remember and remind them. Remember and remind them. I mean, I, I think about this. Young in student ministry, I've been. this is my 20th year in student ministry. I'm, I'm so privileged that God's allowed me to do it this long. I love, listen, I'm, I, I love student ministry. But God, I remember early in my student ministry uh, years, my wife and I would, would see these families uh, that would just seemingly have these students who were rock stars. They would come to church every uh, Sunday, every Wednesday. They would, they would memorize scripture. And, and I was reminded of the familiar verse in Proverbs. This says, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You've heard that verse before, right? And so I would see these, these families, but I always struggled with a portion of that verse. Because you see two age groups of of people. You see a child and when he is old. Now, when you think about child, you think about child, let's just use it in our times. A child would be someone that lives in our house, maybe, you know, zero to 18, or one day old to 18 years old. And then there's this huge, huge gap. Because because biblically, the age that is old, and when you're old is 65 plus, some of you 55-year-olds are going, hey, I'm biblically not old. so. But here's the deal, here's the deal. There's this this gap in here, and I've seen so many children, these students, that lived great, I mean, they were rock stars. They would go to every event in the student ministry, but but something happened. They would go buck wild when they go to college, or they wouldn't go to college and they would join the workforce and they would just go buck wild. And what is happening? And you think about what is the deal? These parents were so good. These parents poured in. What happens in that 45, maybe potentially 45 plus years? What happens? Let me give you some hope, okay? You might be a parent who's dealing with a child like that. Or you might be praying that your child doesn't act like that or get to that point. Let me try to encourage you this morning. Dads, look at verse five. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law to Israel, which he commanded to our fathers. Guys, God's will for your life is to teach his word to your children. That's his will. Over the best batting average, over the best job, over the best score. God's will for your life is to teach your children about what God has done. And ladies, not, let me tell you, this doesn't excuse you. You're a part of this too. I'm reminded where Paul was telling Timothy. I was so reminded of this, where Paul was telling Timothy that, remember your mother and your grandmother? how influential they were in your lives. So this isn't a pass in this verse for our ladies. This is just as much an encouragement to you as well. We must teach the future generations. Look at verse seven, so that they will set their hope in God. That's that they would find life, that they would find the gospel and not forget the works of God, the deeds that he's done and to keep his commands, that they would live sent in his word, in, in his world. The Lord's will for you as a parent is to be his witness in your home. Let me say that one more time. God's will for you as a parent is to be his witness in your home. You have to trust that even if your child rebels, even if they go wayward, it didn't take God by surprise. It didn't take God by surprise. Remember and remind, you have a responsibility as long as it depends on you. You have no problem talking talking to your kids about sports or their girlfriend or boyfriend, the movies that they watch, their teams that they follow. We have no problem talking about those things. But too many times, it's, it's too easy to neglect talking about the things of the Lord. I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you to do that today. I wanna encourage you even right now to be thinking about the ride home today. Go ahead and, and have a little forethought on, on the ride home or when you're sitting at the Mexican restaurant today. I want you to be making a plan on what you can do in your family to pour in to your children and their children. Make a plan today. Start thinking about things. Write some stuff down. Make a plan on the ride home. Because here's the deal. If we don't make a plan, it's just a wish. If we don't make a plan, it's just a wish. So, make a plan today. For the sake of time, let's keep going. Verse, uh, uh, point number three. To help us remember, God has left us a warning. God has left us a warning. Psalm 78, 8. Let's read that. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. I mean, you see, you see, uh, Asaph used two. Two encouraging things right at the beginning. He, He gave us two positive examples the word and a witness, but then he moves to a warning. He gives us a warning. He says, don't be like your fathers, your ancestors who were stubborn and rebellious. Don't be like them. They were stiff-necked. You ever thought about what the phrase stiff-necked means? Stiff-necked is literally what a donkey would do. They would sit down on their hind legs. They would put their hooves into the ground. And when the farmer would pull that donkey, it would not move. It would not go to the left. It would not go to the right. They were stiff-necked. That donkey was stiff-necked. That is how God described the Israelites. My prayer is, just to be honest, I hope that he never says that about me. I hope that he never says that about you, that he never looks at you and says, you are a stiff-necked person. And how can we not have God say that to us? We remember what God has done. We remember of his, his goodness and his grace. We remember that we have to be faithful, because God is faithful. We have to remind the generations ahead of us the goodness and the grace of God. This morning before I left the house, I, my wife probably walked in and said, where's that picture? Um, but I have this, this picture hanging up in my home, right in our living room. <laughs> hope she, she probably missed this one. But this is important to us and our family. This is important. It, we have this hanging in our living room that we would be reminded of what God has called us to do as a family, that our children and I've called I've caught my children standing there and reading it as a reminder. And I'm so thankful for God's word. I'm so thankful that what he's done in our lives and we want to share as a family what he's done. And you may say, Ryan, I don't have a a picture like that. That's okay. That's okay. You don't have a picture like this? I think my wife got it from uh, Hobby Lobby. I don't know. But (laughs) she might have ordered it online. You can ask her. But here's the deal. You might not have a picture, but here's the deal. You have breath in your lungs you have a voice in your vocal cords to remember what God has done and remind the future generation. I mean, think about the goodness of the Lord. If you're in this room, if you're in the family room right now, if you're watching at home, I want to ask you to do something. If God has done something huge that we can only give God the praise and glory for, would you lift your hand up right now? In the family room, I know the hands are up at home. I'm hoping the hands are up right now. Most everybody, most everybody has raised their hand. Share what God has done. Because here's the deal it had nothing to do with you, you didn't do any of it. How glorious is that? It's all Him his redemption, his salvation, his goodness, his mercies, his precepts, his promises, they're all him. It's not us. It takes the pressure off, right? It's all him. So you might be sitting here today. You might be in this room and you might think, listen, growing up, I never knew. I never knew. You might be in the family room or you might be at home thinking, I, I, I never knew these things. What a glorious time. There's no better time than the present. To start remembering what God has done. I wanna encourage you to start talking about Jesus in your homes. Start talking about Jesus to your family when they wake up, when they lie down, when they go out, when they come in. If you need help with that, man, we would love to help you. I know CJ, I know Kyle, I know Kurt would love to reach out with you. Janine would love to walk you through these things. We would love to help you in helping you remember and reminding your children. And so some of you might say, today's the day. I, I, I want to take that next step. I want to I go further. I want to serve. Well, I would say that's great. There's plenty of opportunities to serve a life point. Plenty of opportunities to serve. And we want you to. And you can go on our website, You can text serve, and we can connect with you because we wanna give you the opportunity to not just just have that, uh, just soak it in, because I think that's important, but to pour out. So maybe you need to serve. Maybe you wanna serve. I mean, think about the times where you can hold a baby, not just to hold a baby, but you can pray over that child that God might save them one day. And you could step into their lives and tell them about Jesus. Maybe you're a parent and you have adults like we were were talking about earlier, you have adult children, don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Pray for them. Encourage them and push them, spur them on. God is faithful. If it's his will, they'll come back to him. Pray that it would be God's will. As long as it depends on you, don't give up on them. You might be here and you're single might say, it's just me. I don't have kids. Well, God is giving you the opportunity right now to serve and to pour into the next generation. And you can take that next step. You can serve. You may be a kid here today. You're going, well, I definitely don't have any children. (laughs) Ask your parents. I want to challenge you today. Some of your parents just went, uh, but here's the deal. Ask your parents today, what has God done in your life? What's something huge? that God has done in your life. I wanna be encouraged today and allow them to tell them, allow them to tell you. But at the end of the day, here's what, if you don't hear anything else, I hope you have, if you don't hear anything else, I want, to, I want you to be reminded that it's all because of what Jesus has done. The fact that we get to remember, the fact that we get to remind is because of all that Jesus has done. And when we think about this, God we need to be reminded because God sent Jesus as the living word to us. God sent Jesus as the living word to us. I mean John 1:14 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But not only that, God sent Jesus as his living witness. God sent Jesus as his living witness. John 20 says that the heavenly father his father sent him. John 14, 9 says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So God sent Jesus as the living word. God sent Jesus as his living witness. But God also sent Jesus as a warning. God also sent Jesus as a warning. warning. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father except through me. So I want to encourage you today, if you do not know Jesus, If you don't know the saving grace of the Father, I pray that you would lean into that today. I pray that you would know that you wouldn't leave this place questioning, but that you would leave this place knowing what God has done. Maybe you have questions. I wanna encourage you, hit up our website, text Jesus into our text service, and we would love to have a conversation with you today. Let me pray for us as we dismiss in just a few moments. We go into worship. And Father, I am just so thankful for your word. God, I'm so thankful that you've given us your word that we might hear from you. We might remember the goodness and the grace of what you've done. God, I pray that we would be reminded that you've given us a witness that we would be reminded that you've given us a story to tell because of what Jesus has done. And Father, I pray that we would heed to that warning that there's no other way to the Father except through you, King Jesus. So Lord, I pray that this morning, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts as we worship you in these last moments. God, draw us to your feet because you are worthy. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you glory and praise because you are the only one that deserves it. It's in Jesus' name. Let's stand and sing together.